Truth is relative. All truths are equal. Yet some truths are more equal than others. Congratulations. You found the right truths. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And for your daily dose of fact, here's Dan Newman. I think the big deal is, regarding truth, that we concentrate on the truths that really matter. Of course, we have to find the truth, but then there's more than one truth floating around in the world. I think everybody understands that, don't you? We just have to find the right truth. And it often, as it should, it's a process, so it takes some time. Well, I am glad that you joined us here today at TNN Live. We've got two hours of truth time for you every morning live. And then on about 10 or 11 different podcast hosting sites. Oh, I I can't remember them all. I'll give you a few. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, uh, even Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, all of these places. After a show goes off the air, it's live from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. You can go grab a show, and there's an index wherever our show is published. There's an index of all the shows, not just the one for today, but you can go back. It depends on which website, hosting site, how long they keep those podcasts in uh, in storage. They, uh, they keep them available for a long, long time, so you never have to miss it. Well, we have so much in store for you today. The big story. Well, it was the big story before the FAA grounded all U.S. flights this morning. The big story, of course, is Joe Biden's classified, highly classified, top secret classified documents that just happened to show up at the University of Penn think tank. And that's in Washington, D.C., about five miles from the U.S. Capitol in the White House. And uh, that's where Joe hangs out or hung out at his think tank after he was vice president and before he became president. We're going to dig into that. We've got a bunch of different folks for you to listen to. And there's other things going on. We're going to hear from Rachel Madcow. Rachel Maddow. Um, MSNBC. She was gone for a while. I have not until today. I didn't realize she was back at MSNBC in a regular show. But she weighs in with some of her lofty truthfulness about that classified document uh, debacle that Joe Biden is facing now based upon his own wrongdoing. We'll get into that. We'll get into some more government things in the House of Legislature. And I'm going to let you hear part of Chuck Todd at Meet the Press on NBC this Sunday. He had... The guy on the air with him, and I said the guy, it's the minority leader in the House of Representatives, Democrat Hakeem Jeffries from New York. He took over as minority leader. He would have been Speaker of the House if the Democrats had been able to hold the speakership, which thankfully they didn't get. What about Hakeem Jeffries? I've got some real inside information. I really do. I really do. 
And we also have some southern border news. So where do we get started? Where, oh, where do we get started with this? Let me think. Who should I go to first? Why don't we do this? Let's listen to that brain trust of Fox News, Greg Gutfeld, who, by the way, I don't know if you know this, he's still, every month for like the last year since his late-night show went live, he's number one. He beat out all the major network guys in these late-night shows shows that are failing left and right, and the networks are kicking these guys out. Greg Gutfeld is number one. Greg, in only the way as Greg Gutfeld can, last night he weighed in on the Biden classified debacle. Now, we're just going to listen to Greg, and then we're going to move on to some other really important things. Biden's latest criminal capers leaving behind classified papers. It's true, classified docs were found in an old office by news before his campaign. The records are from his time as VP, and they're mostly post-its saying, please stop talking, love Barack. (laughs) They were turned over uh, to the National Archives on November 3rd before the midterms, but we're just hearing about it now. Wow. Which makes sense, because back then, we were all so focused on the start of women's indoor track season. (laughs) (laughs) What are you laughing at? Meanwhile, Merrick Garland has assigned an attorney to review the stuff, which is good because it's irresponsible to leave classified stuff laying around. I mean, how could that possibly happen? How that could possibly happen? How anyone could be that irresponsible? And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Mm, Pot, calling kettle, whatever. So will we see raids on Biden's homes like we did with Trump? Will they go through Joe Biden's underwear drawer and disclose publicly that they're all made of iron? (laughs) Will they claim it was nuclear secrets and then say it was memorabilia, like an autograph from the time he got to meet Michelle? (laughs) Uh, I just thought, while everybody's joining the show, give you a little uh, laughter there with Gutfeld. He finds a funny thing for just about everything. So we have a lot, a lot in store for you this morning. And let's get started with the 900-pound gorilla in the room this morning. What would that be? Well, if you were flying out of most of the major airports in the nation, uh, your flight may have decided to take off now, but early this morning, the FAA said, we're grounding everybody because of a mass system failure. No details about the failure. Hadn't heard about it. 6.30 Eastern this morning, there were an estimated 760 flights within, into, and out of the U.S. that were delayed, according to on-flight data tracker, FlightAware. Another 90 flights were listed as canceled. Most delays were concentrated along the East Coast, what well, were beginning to spread west. And as we went to live on the show here, the last number I saw, 4,000 flights delayed in many of those. Thankfully, not the majority, but many of those have actually been canceled. Inbound international flights. Now, on the morning talk shows, nobody was talking about the international flights. I don't know if you really think about it, but if you fly out of the country, Guess what you got to do? You got to come back. 
There are a lot of people that come here first. They come here on vacations. So think of the flights, the hundreds of flights from places like, oh, I don't know, Japan, Australia, Russia, uh, and then over in Europe, countries like, well, England, Ukraine, people coming here. Now, what do you do if you're over the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific Ocean and the United States Federal Aviation Commission says, well, we can't let you land and we can't let you take off. So they were very confident all morning long. Oh, the FAA tells us they're going to get it back together. It's, it's going to happen. It won't impact anybody in a major way. Well, here's what they didn't talk about, and I just wanted to mention this before we really get started. Um, a lot of those international flights, when they couldn't land in the U.S., you know, they've only got so much gas. And when you fly across the Pacific, which I've done many times, uh, actually, from here to Narita, which is the airport in Tokyo, it's 19 hours. So they got to land some someplace and fuel up. So I mentioned that to get you to think about the time that's lost. So no flight, even international flights, timing exists in a vacuum because they all, after they land, the crews change out on those international flights. They refuel. They may clean up the plane. And then it goes somewhere else full of passengers. It's a daisy chain, and I can tell you before the day's over, it's going to be utter chaos. Now, what else should we talk about before we get into the Biden classified document crap? And it is crap. You want to talk about, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Man, we got so much. I wanted to make sure we got to the really, really important stuff. Well, let's let, let's talk for a minute about just a, a little bit about Congress and what the changes have begun to happen there. You probably know, if you didn't, you're going to hear this. It probably won't shock you. Democrats in the House, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, Ilhan Omar, they have officially been kicked off of the Intelligence and the Foreign Affairs Committees. Kevin McCarthy, the brand new Speaker of the House, confirmed yesterday that Democrat California reps Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, removed from the House Intelligence Committee, and the House is going to vote on the removal of Minnesota Representative Ilhan Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. In February, McCarthy told the Daily Caller that if he was elected Speaker, he intends to strip Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee and Swalwell and Schiff from the Intelligence Committee. McCarthy confirmed that to the Associated Press day before yesterday late that he would be moving forward with that decision saying both Swalwell and Schiff should not have seats on that committee. And what was this all about? Well, if you'll remember, Swalwell, Eric Swalwell, he had a very um, intimate relationship with a woman that turned out to be later a Chinese spy. And Schiff's defense of the Steele dossier are some of the reasons they should be removed from that committee. And the other big thing about Adam Schiff, whenever they had these classified hearings, you're not supposed to talk about it. That information is to stay in that committee. It can't be released in any way. All of a sudden, every one of those committee hearings 
a little bit later in the day, guess what would happen? What was going on in that committee would appear on television talk shows and radio talk shows because of leaks. Adam Schiff was the only person actually seen on his cell phone over and over and over again at breaks in these classified hearings. McCarthy said that Ilhan Omar's anti-Semitism is a reason she would be removed from Foreign Affairs Committee. Swalwell can't get a security clearance in the private sector now. Uh, McCarthy said, I'm not going to give him a government security clearance. Schiff lied to the American public. Back in 2021, God, that seems like a long time ago, Democrats stripped Republican Georgia Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignment. So it happens, and it's not just Democrats kicking the Republicans off uh, committees or Republicans kicking Democrats off. There are reasons for that. A lot of very important stuff goes on in these committees. Not nearly as much during the Speaker Pelosi years because most of these committees, especially the ones that actually craft legislation, you know, some member of the House wants to submit a bill for consideration, and then it goes to the Speaker. The Speaker is supposed to, in regular order, parse those bills out to the respective committees for them to tear them apart and figure out ways to determine if that's something we should do. Should we send on to the floor for debate and consideration, or should we kill them? They didn't do that in Pelosi's watch. Very seldom did committees ever get to weigh in on a piece of legislation until the day they, just like their Republican counterparts, heard and saw these bits of legislation that were presented with no regular order, and the only way they ever see them is when it's time to vote for them, which is changing now, by the way. So I thought it would be interesting to let you know that Swalwell, Schiff, and Omar are history when it comes to those major committees. Well, the big one, the big kahuna, classified documents, classified information. There are so many things. We're going to tear it apart. Um, let Let me just give you the skinny on that, okay? I'm going to I'm going to do a comparison for you and I'm going to do it from a story. This is not Dan. This is from a story. And we're going to start with the FBI agents that raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago home and then we'll go back a bit. They did, as you know, raid Mar-a-Lago looking for boxes of classified material that Trump allegedly removed from the White House during his presidency when it ended in January of 21. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said then, the raid showed the Justice Department's intolerable state of weaponizing politicization. So, Trump is accused of violating the Presidential Records Act. Congress enacted this law in 1978 after former President Nixon claimed that his secret office tapes and other records were his personal property. The law asserted, quote, the United States shall reserve and retain complete ownership, possession, 
and control of presidential records. The Presidential Records Act is critical to our democracy, in which the government is held accountable by the people. Archives of the United States, Dara Farino, declared that earlier this year. In reality, the Presidential Records Act is the Presidential Damn Near Perpetual Secrecy Act. <laughs> Former presidents pocket multi-million dollar advances for their memoirs, while their records are mostly quarantined for decades from the citizens that they often misgovern. You may not remember this, but the Nixon Library didn't release the final batch of his secret tapes until 2013. That's 39 years after Nixon was driven from office. The Lyndon B. Johnson Library delayed releasing the final batch of his secret tapes of his conversations with other people when he was president until 2016, 47 years after he left office. Bush 43 in 2001 issued an executive order. And note that, executive order. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And that executive order said that effectively we're rewriting the Presidential Records Act, converting it from a measure guaranteeing public access to one that blocks it. Jonathan Turley told us about this. Congress overturned parts of that order in 2014. And then Obama. His lawyers repeatedly invoked the Presidential Records Act to delay the release of thousands of pages of records from Bill Clinton's White House. At the end of his presidency, Obama trucked 30 million pages of his administration's record to Chicago, promising he was going to digitize them and eventually put them all online. That was a move that outraged historians and uh, a whole bunch of non-historians, but, you know, regular American people. More than five years after Obama left the White House, the National Archives webpage revealed that zero pages of those 30 million documents that Obama took to Chicago, zero Five years after Obama took them, none have been digitized. None have been disclosed. Now, you can file a request in the Freedom of Information Act if you want to access Obama's records, but responses from presidential libraries can be delayed for, guess what, years, even more than a decade, if the information is classified. Now, now President Joe Biden, that's where we are today. He, um, he double-crossed us on disclosing records from his 36-year Senate career. In 2011, Biden donated 1,875 boxes of documents from his Senate days to the University of Delaware, they receive, University of Delaware, federal subsidies to curate the collection while it was locked up. Biden and the university library promised to unseal the records, quote, two years after Biden retires from public office. That means 
None of them have been released. So Biden retired as vice president January 2017. We all know that. But the library announced just before he launched his presidential campaign that secrecy would continue until two years after Biden hangs it up from public life. Now, the Mar-a-Lago raid, you know, it is what it is. We can't say anything about it. But we're going to launch into this stuff about what happened regarding uh, Joe Biden. The first thing I need to mention to you, let's talk about the difference between executive orders and federal statutes, you know, those things that the legislature passes and they're signed into uh, laws. Let's talk about those. Everybody is skipping over some facts here. First of all, the Presidential Preservation Act has nothing to do with the Joe Biden document debacle. Why is that? He wasn't president. So what does that mean? His whatever he did or didn't do about those highly classified, top-secret documents. Everybody on the left, every news agency, is trying to downplay it. Oh, you know, that's nothing compared to what Donald Trump did. Well, Trump was president. Those were presidential documents that he took to Mar-a-Lago, which, by the way, every president has done that in our past. Everyone. Did you hear me? Everyone. George Washington did. And so everybody between him and Uncle Joe did that. But the thing that nobody this morning was talking about, not one person, Joe Biden had nothing to do with the presidential act in his mishandling of these 10 top secret documents. Why? He wasn't president. So how is he to be held responsible for what he did. Well, I mentioned it. It's that little thing called law. Here's the only thing that matters. 18 U.S. Code, 1924. Unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents or material. Now, this is not about a president doing this. This is about somebody that wasn't or isn't president mishandling classified documents, which would be, in this case, Joe Biden. Paragraph A, whoever, being an officer, an employee, a contractor, or consultant of the United States, and by virtue of his office, employment, position, or contract, becomes possessed of documents or materials containing classified information of the United States, knowingly remove such documents or materials without authority and with the intent to retain such documents or materials at an unauthorized location, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for not more than five years or both. Paragraph B, for purposes of this section, the provision of documents and materials to the Congress shall not constitute an offense under subsection A. Section C, in this section, 
The term classified information of the United States means information originated, owned, or possessed by the United States government concerning the national defense or foreign relations of the United States that has been determined pursuant to law or executive order to require protection against unauthorized disclosure in the interest of national security. 18 U.S. Code 1924. What does all this mean? Well, it means everybody's looking at this as Joe Biden. Oh, accidentally, somebody put these documents in a box and took it over to the University of Penn, Joe Biden's think tank, and stuck them in the closet, a locked closet, by the way. And so that makes it okay. He's the president of the United States. He wasn't. He wasn't even the vice president when he did this. He was John Q. Public. So what does that mean? If we want to, if we want to follow the law, you know, which Joe Biden, nobody else in his administration believes in doing. I mean, look, they don't hold anybody accountable for breaking the law, so why should they be held accountable for it? I mean, there's there's a precedent that's set there. I mean, think about what, what does that mean? Well, in law, the judiciary system, when it goes all the way up even to the Supreme Court, precedents always plays in a decision of something being legal or illegal, justified or unjustified. So what is the Biden administration telling us? Well, we set a precedent. So that means if you're a Democrat and you want to mess around and mishandle even highly classified documents, well, it's okay because you didn't intend to do something. And then there's Donald Trump. Is there a comparison there? Joe broke the law, federal law, the federal law you just listened to. But if you listen to those on the left, it's no big deal. Ask Rachel Maddow. There was a brief flurry of excitement on the right this afternoon when CBS News was first to report that the U.S. Justice Department had started investigating the discovery of classified documents found at a think tank called the Penn Biden Center. This is effectively where President Biden had his office in Washington after serving as vice president in the Obama administration. He vacated offices there effectively when he declared his run for president in 2020. But the Penn Biden Center is sort of the Biden home in D.C. in terms of his work life out of office. Well, on November 2nd, lawyers for President Biden, lawyers who work for him in his personal capacity, were reportedly packing up some of the office space that the vice president used at the Penn Biden Center. In so doing, they found classified documents there, classified documents that they say were in a locked closet inside those offices, mixed in with some non-classified documents. This is, of course, a weird set of circumstances, but that's what they say happened. The White House has since confirmed the basics of this account, as have other news organizations after CBS News was was first to break the story. The reason this created a lot of excitement on the right briefly tonight is that it immediately created a perceived whataboutism defense for President Trump. President Trump is under federal criminal investigation for apparently 
deliberately hoarding hundreds of classified documents at his home in Florida, including refusing to hand them over after National Archives told them he had to, even after they subpoenaed him to get those documents. So there was this sort of brief excitement on the right tonight that they thought they had a new defense, right? Oh, it's supposedly so bad what Trump did at Mar-a-Lago with all the nuclear documents and stuff. But look, Joe Biden's just as bad. Why aren't they serving search warrants on President Biden the way they did on former President Trump? As I said tonight, a, a brief flurry of excitement on the right about this prospect when this news broke about the Penn-Biden Center. The reason it was only a brief flurry of excitement is because in President Biden's case, uh, he and his lawyers appear to have actually done the right thing when it comes to these classified documents. Um, Biden's lawyers say they discovered these documents among his vice presidential papers at his office at the Penn-Biden Center on November 2nd. The White House Counsel's Office then notified the National Archives that same day about what had been found. The National Archives apparently did not even know these documents were missing and had not been seeking their return. The, archi the archives took custody of that material the following morning. And that appears to be it. Attorney General Merrick Garland has asked one of the last remaining Trump-appointed U.S. attorneys to review the discovery of these documents at the Penn-Biden Center. But it does not sound like it's an adversarial process at all. Uh, the White House says it is cooperating fully with the National Archives and with the Department of Justice on the review. And again, this was not, as it was in Trump's case, the archives desperately seeking the return of materials that Trump was blowing off. And, and Trump was blowing off those requests and then ultimately blowing off the subpoena to return all those documents. These appear to have been documents that were inadvertently held at the Penn Biden Center, discovered by Biden's attorneys. They notified the White House, which notified immediately the National Archives that these documents were in the wrong place. The archives moved immediately to retrieve them. That appears to be the sum total of it, at least as far as we know. But again, the White House says they are cooperating fully with the archives and with the Justice Department on reviewing the situation. Oh, so Rachel Maddow, she just described the big difference. You know, one's a Republican, one's a Democrat. So the Democrats, they've just got to be blasted. Why? Because they're Democrats. And after all, President Joe Biden would never do anything, never do anything that's against the law. But remember this, whoever, being an officer, employee, contractor, or consultant of the United States, and by virtue of his office, employment, position, or contract, becomes possessed of documents or materials containing classified information of the United States, knowingly removes such documents or materials without authority and with the intent to retain such documents or materials at an unauthorized location shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for not more than five years or both. Joe Biden did this when he, this law, there was no presidential acts to be considered in this case for Joe Biden. He wasn't president, had not been president. The presidential document authorization process is for presidents, not former vice presidents, who, by the way, doesn't have presidential classification authorization. Do you get that? 
Rachel Maddow didn't even mention that. Oh, it's okay. I mean, look what Trump did. He had way more than Joe Biden there. And because Trump, oh, by the way, he had three meetings, three meetings with this D.C. Presidential Preservation Act, three meetings with them, and they chronicled all of the documents that were removed from Washington, D.C., and went to Mar-a-Lago. They knew everything that was there. They wanted it. They argued with the Trump folks about which documents were classified, which had been declassified. Everybody gets in a big frenzy because Trump's under criminal investigation. Well, don't you think, now think about everything that we see in here. Think about our lives right now as it pertains to Washington, D.C. Anything that could even possibly be evil that any conservative has done, anybody in office or anybody that's been in office, if there's something an investigation is launched for and there's real there there, you know what I mean? Something's really there that they are confident they're going to be able to stick it on one of these conservatives. It's all over the news. Guess who's about to be indicted? Donald Trump. He'll never be able to run for president again. And I'm mentioning that just to point out you haven't heard a thing from the criminal investigation into Donald Trump's removal illegally removal of presidential documents that he has no right to have. But then Joe Biden, oh my gosh, that's Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe would never break the law. I mean, come on now. Well, what's everybody's hair on fire about? Well, think about this. There's more than just documents involved here. What were these documents? They're classified memos from the Obama administration, not from the Biden administration. They were actually found last November inside the offices that Biden used at the Penn Biden Center, which is a think tank set up by the Ivy League University of Pennsylvania uh, College. Long before these documents were found, the Penn Biden Center was the focus of a watchdog complaint because its parent university had gotten large sums of money, about $54 million in the time period around when Biden joined this think tank. Now, what does that mean? Well, $54 million came from China. $54 million came from China when Joe Biden became affiliated and they opened his offices at UPenn. By the way, $1 million in personal pay, $1 million of this 54 went directly to Joe Biden personally from the think tank. Now, what is this center all about? It was announced in 2017, opened up a year later. It was set up the same year that the Biden's little boy, Hunter, 
was creating a joint venture with Chinese officials in that company, that energy company, CEFC. Specifically, they were going to pursue natural gas deals together within the United States, which had benefited the communist nation. Hunter even offered his dad a set of keys to the office for the new venture in 2017. We have verification and proof of that in emails. So the Biden family drew a bunch of scrutiny from congressional investigators for receiving a no-interest, forgivable loan from the Chinese partners, again, according to those emails, found on Hunter's laptop. And then by 2017, Biden family dealings with China were far more extensive than just the CEFC. Hunter took a trip aboard Air Force Two with his daddy in December of 2013. Why? To create an investment fund with Chinese officials. One and a half billion dollars they put into this. We haven't heard anything about where that money went. In 2015, Hunter helped facilitate the sale of an American company called Hennigus that produced sensitive U.S. military jet parts. So this web of Chinese deals and contacts, one of Hunter Biden's Chinese associates, Patrick Ho, was eventually arrested and convicted, by the way. This web has many in the Republican Party now believing China's monetary contribution to Penn uh, wasn't any accident. A little bit of quid pro quo going on. Joe got a million dollars of it. But it didn't come. There was no check from China. It was funneled through University of Pennsylvania, specifically Joe's operation there, his think tank. It may even be possible that China could have accessed sensitive information from the Bidens as a result, or maybe, just maybe, had a peekaboo into that closet at that location where they had offices too. And it doesn't stop there. Biden and Hunter also planned to share an office with one guy affiliated with directly Chinese Communist Party, which raises questions about who else had access to these highly sensitive documents simply because of Biden's totally irresponsible and, by the way, illegal acts. Any amount of money from China, it's got to be looked at closely by all branches of the U.S. government. The fact that this is tens of millions makes it even more alarming. Devin Nunes, former congressman from California, said, I find it hard to believe the DOJ and FBI wouldn't know about this amount of money and who's connected to it. Follow the money. Yeah, this is a little uh, problem for the Democrats in Congress, and they don't want to talk about it. But it's going to have to be talked about. And nobody's going to allow Rachel Maddow to succeed in covering it up or burying it. One last thing on the issue before we go away. Jesse Waters, Fox News, last night had a very interesting perspective about this whole debacle. Jesse, he's got the story. You've been caught hiding something? Your report card from your parents? You stay in the rug, maybe just drag the chair right over it. 
And we all know someone who's tried to hide something at work and hiding classified documents is the worst thing you can do. Joe Biden told us that himself. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Like a Babylon Bee headline, Joe Biden is under investigation for hiding highly classified documents in a closet for the last six years. Biden was stuffing classified top secret documents at the Penn Biden Center right in the middle of Washington, D.C., right next door to a steakhouse and a short little walk from the Chinese embassy. What were these documents? Well, nothing major, just top secret intelligence involving Iran, Great Britain and Ukraine. Just taken out right when he was leaving the vice presidency in January 2017. So what was in these documents that Joe Biden didn't want the incoming Trump administration to see? Details on the Iran nuke deal that Trump was set to cancel. You know, where the deal where Obama Biden paid the Iranians a half a billion in cash. What didn't Joe want Trump to see about the British? Did it have something to do with Chris Steele, Crossfire Hurricane, the Russia hoax? And it's pretty obvious what Joe wanted to hide from Trump about Ukraine. And at the same time, Biden was leaving with these classified documents the last week of his vice presidency. He was flying to Ukraine. What was Biden doing in Ukraine on the last week of his vice presidency? You're telling me the prosecutor investigating his son's company gets fired. The company Burisma starts spreading money around Washington. Biden's flying to Ukraine and then runs away with classified documents right before Trump takes office, all of this happens at the same time? I mean, the media wanted Trump in prison for keeping little Rocket Man's love letter at Mar-a-Lago. So how are they covering the news about Biden? We all know that Trump is a liar and a thief. You know? We know that. So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. That's probably... Uh, maybe it was an honest mistake because it was uh, marked VP personal. It's important to know this has happened in the past. Former presidents, former vice presidents, former high-level officials accidentally take something. Uh, it's an honest mistake. That pretty much sums up how the media covers politics. Democrats would never lie. Except Biden did lie about not having classified documents. MSNBC interviewed Biden in 2018 at the Biden Center when it opened. And this is what he said. In 2018, Joe Biden addressed his access to classified information in an interview with me. And it was in that office, the Penn Biden Center. I don't have access to classified information anymore. I don't get briefed every morning by the agency as I did for eight years. And so Biden kept classified information at the Biden Center. But the Penn Biden Center didn't open until 2018 and Biden left office in 2017. So where did these classified documents live for a year? Were they at Hunter's house, Nantucket? Someone's going to have to answer that. When the Biden think tank, which is an oxymoron, finally opened up, someone had to put them in Joe's private office. We know Hunter was excited about the Penn Biden Center opening up. He was emailing all of his buddies saying it was going to operate like the Clinton Global Initiative. 
<laughs> and its goal would be wealth creation. It's a little different from what Joe sold it as. I hope the Penn Biden Center will be established as a place where policymakers here at home and abroad will know they can be in touch with some of the best minds in the country and debate and formulate American foreign policy. Well, the Penn Biden Center was actually a revolving door between the Bidens and the Chinese. As soon as the Penn Biden Center opened, China quadrupled its donations to UPenn. The Chinese funneled 55 million into UPenn. And UPenn was paying Biden a million dollar salary. So who was paying for Joe's salary? The Chinese. Do you get it? The Chinese were paying Joe Biden a million dollars a year, and it was just laundered through the Penn Biden Center. And just five miles away from the center was the Chinese embassy. The Biden Center was involved with the Chinese professors, academics, officials, you know, double agents for the Communist Party. Now tell me this. What are Chinese spies physically closer to? A basement in a private club on an island off the coast of Florida or a closet next to a steakhouse in Washington, D.C.? It's not like Joe was worried about the Chinese. Joe was in business with the Chinese. Joe was sharing an office with the Chinese communists just two miles away in Georgetown, remember? The big guy, Hunter, they all worked out of the same office. It's not like spies ever pose as janitors and steal documents in Washington, right? I mean, who were Joe's janitors at the Penn Biden Center? And remember Hunter's Fang Fang, you know, his research assistant who was a spy, Jackie Bao? Has Jackie Bao ever been to the Penn Biden Center? Did Jackie Bao ever excuse herself to go to the bathroom and just make the wrong turn right into Joe's locked closet? After Biden raided Trump's home, the White House said, you know, Biden never would be guilty of what he had accused Trump of. Watch. Can you say with certainty to the American people that President Biden, in his time as president, has not mishandled, improperly stored, done anything improper with classified information? No. And then I'm going to move on. No. So that was wrong. And the main difference is Joe Biden didn't have the authority to declassify anything as vice president. Donald Trump did. Joe Biden was asked about this today in Mexico City, and this is what he said. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. Okay, so let me get this straight. You say you're closing down the Biden Center all of a sudden in the middle of your presidency? That's strange. And second of all, you sent lawyers to close down the Penn Biden Center? You don't have a professional company to do that? You have lawyers pack your boxes? I'm not paying my lawyer who can't lift anything. 1200 an hour to move, and your lawyers just happen to find these documents a week before the midterms, November 2nd, when you knew the House was going to go Republican and they were going to crank up investigations, and this doesn't come out until two months later. And your lawyers, when they find top secret classified documents, which they're not even cleared to look at, don't call you. Hey, Joe, we found docs in your closet. What do you want us to do? They immediately, first call, ring the National Archivists, the librarians. Come on.
And you never asked your lawyers, hey, what'd you guys find? What's going on here? And your lawyers tell you, we're not going to tell you what kind of documents we found. You guys don't have attorney-client privilege? None of this adds up. And he read that statement. That wasn't off the cuff. The lawyers wrote what the president read. Something's going on here. And of course, he lied again. Biden was never a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He just got paid by the Chinese to have a little think tank that made China look good. And guess who the head of the Biden Center is? Rahm Emanuel's brother, <laughs> Ezekiel Emanuel. And once Biden started getting heat about all the Chinese cash going into his little center, guess what he does? He appoints the president of UPenn to be the ambassador of Germany. Gets her the hell out of the country. What else does Biden have hidden at the Biden Center? Remember he had those files of the woman who accused him of sexual assault hidden away at the University of Delaware? Are we allowed to see those files? Nope, you're not allowed to look at the files. Are we allowed to see the Treasury reports of the 150 wire transfers from overseas that got flagged going to Biden family bank accounts? Nope, can't see those either. We've got a lot of things coming together here at once. Stealing classified documents, Ukraine, China, money funneling in all over into the Biden family purse. And now the Department of Justice is investigating Hunter and Joe, but no one's being raided. I wonder why. <laughs> it's because Joe is a Democrat. Joe was a Democrat. He is kind of a fledgling that anybody in office can impact and use Joe to get whatever they want or to go after whoever they want. This is interesting. And let me just say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish here, finish this, uh, this segment. I think basically what really happened, this is the bottom line. Joe Biden gave Donald Trump a big Christmas present. How do you think Merrick Garland, Attorney General, feels right now? He was going out. He was going to get Trump. They were going to find some way. They were committed to find some way to file charges against Trump. And then this happens. What do you think Merrick Garland is feeling today? Do you think there was a little oh crap that happened when he heard about this? You just can't make this stuff up. <laughs> This is the way Washington rolls, and look how the talking heads are blowing to pieces trying to clean up after Uncle Joe, which, by the way, somebody's got to do every day. Papa John is not interested in quality. He's obsessed with it because Papa John's a pizza maker. It's what he does. That's why you've got Papa's quality guarantee signed by the man himself. Love your pizza, or we'll deliver another absolutely free. It's my guarantee. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. And right now, save 25% when you spend 25 pounds or more online. I'm Chad Hall, and I'm here with the first ever Silverado ZR2. This is probably the first time you've seen this truck, but I've been racing a prototype version for over a year. We just inspired this pre-production truck you see behind me. Let's go see what it'll do. Gonna do the same look. 
Copy. You've got phenomenal power, acceleration, good ground clearance, skid protection, and you've got the Multimatic GSSV shocks, so it's just gonna be that much more of a fun truck. Copy. It's an amazing truck. You're going to want to get your hands on one. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342, 529-8342. In a world of weapons-grade stupidity, your defense is the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Well, if you didn't join the show yesterday, you missed Steve Baker, our in-house investigative journalist, as he gave us news and information more coming out of the January 6th investigation that it will be ongoing, I promise you, for years to come because so much was purposely hidden and kept from the American people. If you missed that, you can go to yesterday's story at truthnewsnet.org, and this one you get free. This and You don't have to have uh, Apple or Spotify or iHeart or any of those podcast shows. You can go there, down at the bottom of it, that story. You can click on the interview with Steve Baker yesterday, and a lot of facts came out. A lot of new things came out, and I guess the biggest thing that came out of that conversation is there is much, much more to be revealed. And honestly, the only way Americans will ever find out all the facts about the January 6th debacle is because House Speaker, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, is no longer House Speaker, and she can't cover up all the stuff that was done behind the scenes and many things that were not done, purposely not done that day at the behest of Pelosi because she was House Speaker and had ultimate authority on the operations of the U.S. Capitol, including the Capitol Police. So make sure you stick around. Steve Baker is with us every Tuesday. We talk about the big things going on that he is reporting on, and he is an investigative journalist and a really good international photojournalist, and we're blessed to have him every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central. So we didn't do much here to talk about what happened at the southern border, Joe Biden's trip down there to El Paso, and I thought it was uh, it would be good for us to at least go back and reflect on a little bit of it. I don't want to spend a lot of time because basically it's just that for the first time, Joe Biden, President of the United States, decided to go look at the southern border. Well, he went to El Paso. Why would he go to El Paso? To be honest with you, that's an official port of entry. So what does that mean, Dan? That means that all of this illegal immigration hoo-ha that happened and continues to happen happens almost principally in the areas between the official ports of entry where the illegals, the smugglers 
Uh, the traffickers, drugs, everything, they come through there. Of course, the president of the United States, he didn't want to see any of that crap. So he goes to El Paso. And El Paso was really prepared for President Biden to get there. How prepared? Finally, Joe Biden went down to the border. And here he is. This is just a little short video. And tell me if this is a guy, as you see him walking around, does this guy seem like he's in charge or knows where he is? Biden's walking beside Trump's border wall with about four or five other people. And he just looks like an old man that's out for a walk. He's not being very presidential. They just throw him down there. They throw on the aviator shades. They say, Joe, just walk. Don't say anything. Just walk. Okay, so he got down there. And uh, what's interesting is that you may remember a couple weeks ago, there was this video going around of the El Paso airport where there were dozens, if not hundreds, of illegal immigrants sleeping on the floor and in the bathrooms and wandering around outside. And nobody really cared about it. AOC didn't tweet about it. Uh, now when, you know, 30 of them get to Martha's Vineyard, all hell breaks loose. Okay, fine. Uh, but he was in El Paso, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, so what did they do before he got there? Yeah, they, they cleaned it up because you can't have the elderly man pretending to be president, see, seeing a bunch of illegal aliens on the street. I mean, that, that wouldn't be fair. Of course, this area uh, it was had a lot of police presence. We've been reporting in the past couple of weeks of police coming here. Uh, they've been arresting people for maybe paraphernalia. They had uh, access to, to marijuana, those types of arrests. We spoke to one woman. We asked her, have people been cleaning this area in preparation for President Biden's visit? One woman did tell us that, yes, the sit- she has seen city officials or city employees out here cleaning the area in preparation to President Biden's visit. I love that. They're cleaning it up just for Biden, right? Because you wouldn't want Biden to see the, the disaster. It, that reminded me, did, he, did any of you guys go to sleepaway camp? Did any of you guys go to sleepaway camp? Yeah, I remember in sleepaway camp, you know, when I was there, when I was, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, whatever it was, that right before uh, parents' visiting day, they would do like two crazy days of cleaning. Like for weeks before that, you're living in filth. There's food everywhere and garbage and whatever. It's amazing. Like in sleepaway camp, it's awesome. But then right before the parents get, they clean it up. The parents come. Everyone's like, oh, this is great. It's all good. The money, money well spent. That's basically what they're doing here. It's one thing that Joe Biden had never been down to the southern border. But here it is two years into his presidency. And there are a few negative things that are happening regarding that southern border and have been happening every day of his presidency. He just now decides to go, and he went to El Paso instead of going to the other big sectors, Eagle Pass, um, the sector west of McAllen, Texas, where all of this hoo-ha happens. And it's just simply this. It's government by political narrative rather than government by facts. Joe didn't want the facts. He didn't need the facts. Joe knows exactly what's going on down there regarding illegal immigration. So did anything come out of it? Well, there's some interesting news that slipped out. A group of eight senators, eight senators, U.S. senators, visited the U.S.-Mexico border this week with Uncle Joe. Some promoted slipping amnesty for millions of illegals into legislation that is supposedly geared at cutting illegal immigration. So who are these senators? Well, it was led by Senator Kirsten Sinema 
of Arizona, who by now is not a Democrat. She is an independent, but she caucuses with the Democrats. Also, John Cornyn, a Republican from Texas. Mark Kelly, another senator from Arizona, but a Democrat. And joint senators Tom Tillis, a Republican from North Carolina. Jerry Moran, also Republican from Kansas. James Lankford, Republican from Oklahoma. Chris Coons, a Democrat from Delaware. Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut. So they all went with President Biden. They toured El Paso as more than 200,000 border crossers and illegals have been apprehended at the city's border station just over the last four months. Just the last four months. So they had a news conference, and they had some panels where they had a bunch of people on these panels with local officials These senators gave few details on what a bipartisan Senate plan to reduce illegal immigration would entail. They didn't get down in the dirty stuff. They just wanted to talk about the fluff. John Cornyn, for instance, simply suggested that the United States needs a safe, orderly, humane, and legal process for migrant arrivals. Chris Murphy. I have no regard for Chris Murphy, Democrat senator from Connecticut. He noted gridlock in D.C., but he offered little insight into what Democrats would be willing to support to get this illegal immigration, get it down from their current record highs. He said this, this system isn't working any longer like it ever did. And it's, no, I added the like it never did. (laughs) He added, it's time for us to come together, Republicans and Democrats, and find a better path forward. What a deep deep thing to tell those El Paso residents. So among the platitudes, Cinema and Coons suggested that a Republican-Democrat plan in the Senate would hopefully include, here's the big one, some form of amnesty for millions of illegals taking from a defunct amnesty proposal by Cinema and Tillis last year that never got any traction. It just never did. Why? Americans don't want it. Americans want our legislators, our administrative people, all to follow the law. ABC said this, an 11th hour proposal led by Cinema and Tillis would have provided tens of billions for border security and the asylum request processing as well as a path to citizenship for dreamers. But it never came to the floor during the lame duck session right before the last Congress ended. During Monday's border visit, Cinema sought to breathe new life into that proposal, suggesting it would serve as a framework for bipartisan conversations moving forward. Chris Coons, another guy I don't have a lot of regard for. In fact, most of the Democrat leaders in the Senate, I don't have much for anyway. He similarly called the failed Cinema Tillis amnesty a good start in an exchange with the Washington Post, stating the group of eight senators have to try to broker an immigration deal to Congress. Amnesty, let's talk about that for a second. It would come as President Joe Biden blows the lid off a little-known parole program. Now, what is that about? Well, it's intended for very narrow use. 
parole will, this plan they, they're going to try to shove down our throats. He may even do it with an executive order. It would resettle tens of thousands more border crossers into our towns and cities every month in addition to the hundreds of thousands released monthly into the U.S. interior. Other proposals in Congress have omitted benefits for Americans and ignored our economic consequences of this mass flood of illegals to the U.S. in favor of hyper-focused legislation pertaining to the southern border, that number one thing that has to happen in it They put a bunch of stuff in these bills and these ideas they sent, but the number one thing is let every illegal come on in. They don't want to discuss housing. Mass immigration has driven up rents, given would-be first-time homeowners more competition. In El Paso, where they were, illegal immigration has flooded the city streets and shelters. They didn't see any of that because El Paso was told to clean it up before he got there. Streets, shelters, housing prices are expected to grow more than 5% just this year. None of this stuff, none of any illegal act exists in a vacuum. None of it does. It all deals and impacts something else, which impacts something else. It's a daisy chain. And it's like throwing a rock into a pond. You know, the splash is a really biggest deal, but you watch and these ripples in circular motion start emanating, coming out, and it just keeps going and going, and you have more ripples and more little waves. That's what this is doing. And the central thing in it all, we all know what it is. The central thing is to open the borders. Just freaking open the borders. Just do it. That's what we need to do. We need to become a nation with no borders, which means you're not a nation. You're just a big place over in North America where some people like to go and where human and sex trafficking is flourishing and drugs are in a state in the United States we've never seen before. 100,000 people die from one drug that comes across our southern border And the Chinese are involved in it, cutting deals with the Mexican cartels to develop this drug, fentanyl, and flood the United States with it. 100,000 Americans in the last year died from fentanyl poisoning. And Joe's down there walking by Donald Trump's border wall, which he said he hated. It's not just, it's not secure. Nobody will talk about the fact that at one spot on the southern border where parts of the border walls went up at their gaps in between, Joe Biden quietly, don't tell anybody this, but we're going to go ahead and put some of the missing sections up, and they're doing that right now. Is that not the height of hypocrisy? I got to be honest with you. I love doing what I'm doing. I love being with you every day. But in preparation for this show, I have different sources that I go to. And I also, you hear me here, we don't just go to Fox News and the uh, Breitbart News website, Epic Times. We don't just go there. We go to all of them. You heard 
this morning. You've already heard from ABC that I quoted here. We have Andrea Mitchell that's going to be on in a few minutes from NBC. We have these people here to give a full spectrum of options of things to understand and therefore make your determination about. But there's one underwriting theme that never changes when Democrats are in charge of anything. Anybody with a dissenting opinion is just flat evil and must, it's not, you know, we've got to ignore them and make sure they don't get with us, those evil people that have opposing opinions. They want to destroy, I mean totally destroy, people who disagree with them. And that's getting more and more evident. It's been there all along, but it's getting more and more evident. And folks, it is very very dangerous. I think about us. I'm 69. Generation behind me, my kids, my oldest daughter is about to turn 40. Excuse me, she's about to turn 50. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then my grandchildren. And I have a couple of grandsons that are old enough to have babies. Thankfully, they're not married. I'm, I'm not saying I'm thankful they're not married, but thankfully, they're not having kids. I look at the world that they are facing to inherit from me and you. I don't like what's going on. I don't like the fact that it's happening, period, but happening now in this era when my grandkids and great-grandkids and yours too are going to be impacted directly by all this stuff, we've got to find a way to get this ship righted. I'm serious. If we don't, the USS USA will go away. The truth. Straight. No chaser. TNN. The Truth News Network. I love going all natural. It just makes me feel better. Nothing between me and my 100% all natural, juicy, grass fed beef. Introducing the all-natural burger, the first ever in fast food, with no antibiotics, no added hormones, and no steroids. Only at Carl's Jr. What are you doing? Should we pick him up? He has Bud Light. He has an axe. But he has Bud Light. And an axe. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Hey, buddy. What's with the axe? It's, uh bottle opener. Hop in. Refreshingly smooth Bud Light. Always worth it. Look, here's Bud Light. In a chainsaw. Get not only the news, but the truth in the news. From TNN, the Truth News Network. Dan Newman. You know, I haven't mentioned much about the flight big debacle today. The FAA grounded pretty much every plane on the ground in the United States because of a computer glitch. We haven't heard what that was. They did immediately come out and say, it doesn't 
doesn't look like it's because of hacking. And it didn't just happen at 8 or 9 o'clock this morning. It was going on all night long. The FAA knew about it, didn't say anything to anybody. They just kept the flight stuff situated the way it was. And you don't stop flights. You don't pause flights. You don't cancel flights without there being some massive repercussions. And again, it's that rock in the pond thing. The wave and the ripples just keep going on and on and on. This won't be fixed in total for the next 24 hours. Just imagine people on international flights coming to the U.S. from, say, Australia or even Hawaii or then from the other side, from Asia, from Europe coming over here, they're in the air when they find out this. The FAA doesn't say anything. Oh, by the way, we forgot to tell you, we've got a bunch of planes grounded and you can't land yet. There goes the ripple effect. If you haven't been internationally in the air, you don't understand what I'm talking about. It is unthinkable about the chaos that ensues from that let alone think about people that are doing it for business purposes and they miss meetings, uh, really big deals, even court hearings and trials, people flying to, flying from. It just goes on and on and on and on. And guess who's missing in this conversation? Nobody's talking about it. We have a Secretary of Transportation in the Joe Biden administration. So Joe stepped up today to make us all feel good about it. And he directed the Department of Transportation and the FAA to restore the system quickly and safely and to determine causes. Now, Joe didn't say that to the press. It came from White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Did that make you feel a little better? Who's missing in this? Well, Ron Klain, he said that the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, briefed Biden about the problem this morning and would provide an update for us later in the day. Biden himself, he addressed members of the media who went with him to Mexico, where he is now. And he went to Walter Reed Hospital with his wife, First Lady Jill Biden, for what the White House described as a scheduled outpatient procedure commonly known as Mohs surgery, M-O-H-S, I've never heard of it, Mohs surgery, and that's Jill that's having it. They don't know what the cause is, but I was on the phone with him, garbled, talking about the transportation problems. He's talking to his treasury, uh, excuse me, his transportation secretary. I told them to report directly to me, Joe said, when they find out. Aircraft can still land safely, just not take off right now. They don't know what the cause of it is. They expect in a couple of hours they'll have a good sense of what caused it and will respond at that time. Now, this isn't the first thing that has directly impacted and shown exactly how useless is Pete Buttigieg. Former South Bend, Indiana mayor. His leadership is being questioned by a a lot of people. You remember that massive infrastructure bill signed last year? It only invests $1 billion a year for five years to upgrade FAA air traffic control systems. $1 billion 
a year. We're two years into the Biden presidency. That bill was passed a year ago. Air traffic control facilities are the nerve centers of the world's airspace system. A big part of the reason why flying is the safest mode of transportation. Buttigieg said that in April, hailing a small boost in funding. Yeah, a little bit, got a little bump up to a billion a year as an important step to improve the FAA systems. So Corinne Jean-Pierre in the White House notified the public of this outage on social media. She asserted there's no evidence of a cyber attack on the FAA systems. And of course, being the uh, IT expert that she is, she would be the first to know, don't you think? Hey, a little tidbit came out overnight that really made me feel good. The Buffalo Bills of the NFL, they have announced they're going to pay DeMar Hamlin's salary despite his injury status and honor him ahead of this coming Sunday's game. He, let me just tell you how it works in professional sports. If you get hurt, you go on what's called the injured reserve list. And that means you're going to be treated with all the medical situations that you need, whatever it is you need. You're going to be taken care of there at your employer's expense. But what about working? Now, whatever you think, however you look down on professional athletes, they work. And he's a little guy. And because of that, he's a defensive player. He and his career has had to work extra hard physically. And this happened. And so you think, well, he's got a contract with the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League. If he's not playing, you know, when you get hurt in the workforce, you go on You go on the government pay for your injuries, workers' comp. It happened on the job. It happened during a game. But you make a lot less. So it's a big deal. The Buffalo Bills decided to pay him at his contractual rate. It's a little-known fact that NFL teams have the option, the discretion, to cut a player's pay when they get injured unless the player has a specific clause in his contract preventing that. So despite the ability of teams to cut that pay, they, as I said, are obligated for medical bills. So Hamlin was never in any danger of having to foot the bills for his care. According to the Cincinnati Inquirer, Hamlin's contract allows the bills to cut his pay after he was placed on injured reserve, IR. But the team and the National Football Players Association, their union, have agreed not to cut Hamlin's pay through the week week 18 of the regular season. It was horrible. I watched that thing live, that game, and watched him hit that player, tackle that player that he was going after, and he stood up, and almost instantly he just fell in a heap to the ground. Now, you didn't think I was going to do this, but I'm going to lead into what is really going on. DeMar Hamlin is a vaccinated NFL player. 
vaccinated, meaning COVID-19. Every NFL player is vaccinated. He's never had any heart problem. Nothing ever like what happened in that game. He coded twice on the field in Cincinnati. They paddled him back to life. They brought him away. His heart stopped beating. That doesn't happen to a healthy professional athlete, does it? Well, it's not just DeMar. Over 270 athletes and former athletes in the U.S. have died from cardiac arrest or other serious issues after taking COVID-19 vaccines. 270. Cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough, you've heard him here on TNN Live. He wrote a letter that he said he found that from 2021 to 2022, at least 1,616, 1,616 cardiac arrest or other major medical issues have been globally documented in vaccinated athletes. 1,114 of those died, 270 here in the U.S., That global data showed that former and current American athletes made up to 279 of the mortalities. So where did McCullough get this information? Well, it was in cahoots with several other board-certified internists. It came from a compilation of news reports on medical emergencies and both pro- and unprofessional vaccinated athletes. Vaccine statutes are deduced based on the affected person's statements or vaccine mandates that are issued by their employers or the schools where they're playing. Athletes do have a lower chance of cardiac arrest and sudden cardiac death when you compare that to non-athletes. A 2016 study calculated that non-athletes compared to athletes have a 29 times higher chance of sudden cardiac death. One of the reasons is because athletes are screened out for the common causes of sudden death on the playing field, Dr. McCulloch said. Players are screened for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which makes up about 50% of sudden cardiac deaths in athletes, as well as other less common heart abnormalities. McCullough pointed to a European study that tracks sudden cardiac deaths in professional European athletes over 38 years, from 1966 to 2004. It reported 1,101 sudden cardiac deaths over the interval, while Polycretus estimated would be around 29 deaths per year. It's estimated that here in the U.S., 100 to 150 athletes die every year from sudden death. Now, what does this all mean? Folks, I'm not going to go backwards into a COVID-19 conversation here, but I don't want you to forget. I don't want you to forget about, for those of you that were questioners from the beginning, let me just say this, you were right. 
it seems like every day more information comes out that proves the vaccines contained elements we don't know what elements, but we're finding out that the Moderna vaccines, the Pfizer vaccine, the Johnson and Johnson, they're not all including the actual vaccine, the elements that we're told were in them. In many of them, in hindsight, it's being discovered, in addition to the supposed good elements in the vaccine, there's other stuff that's in there, not in every vial of it, But in some, and even some of the stuff that are in there are deadly. We shouldn't question why these people are having these uh, cardiac incidents. And it's not just cardiac. A bunch of uh, other stuff is included. But I, I wanted to bring this segment to you based upon what we saw in that Monday night game. Or was it Sunday night? Whichever one it was. A week ago when he went down, and because it was a Monday night or a Sunday night game on national television, and the world looked in and saw it happen live, it brings up the conversation again. We're not going to let it go away. You give me some other explanation that's plausible, and I'll let it go away. But until then, folks, it is one of the most important things that we need to consider. What's best for our health, our health, and our kids. Do you know that there are people that because of what they've been told by Dr. Fauci and his cohorts that it's safe to give one of the three vaccines that are being produced and distributed in the U.S. to babies two years and younger? Do you know that? COVID-19 vaccines, maybe not in large part, but in a major part, are deadly. Yeah, I'm probably going to be busted for that. Let me tell you what the White House is up to. They're not just concerned about people like me, purported COVID-19 misinformation. That's what they call it. Biden, in his first year, cajoled, argued with tech platforms to censor, throttle, label content, any content that could be considered to be COVID-19 misinformation, even in private messaging acts. They were alarmed that people might believe a child told First Lady Jill Biden to shut the F up or simply enjoy the alteration of a C-SPAN clip. The conversations between feds and platforms, social media platforms, are the latest that have been revealed in discovery in the First Amendment lawsuit against the feds by my state and Missouri's attorneys general and the new Civil Liberties Alliance, which is representing censored social media users, including epidemiologists like Martin Kuldar and Jay Bhattacharya. NCLA attorney Yenon Younts and her client Aaron Carardi fired by the University of California Davis for refusing COVID vax based on natural immunity shared some of the documents in a Wall Street Journal op-ed Sunday night. Yunus provided news agencies other 
as yet unpublished email threads, including the STFU back and forth, which resembles the administration's irritation at social media accounts parroting COVID advisor Dr. Fauci. Now, Twitter took a firm stand against White House demands to remove or put a label on the altered Joe Biden clip in which he reads to kids in the White House. Did that kid just yell, S the F up? Twitter user Art Taking Back wrote November 29th, a year ago. Pretty sure it's fake. But it sure is funny he tweeted a minute later in the same thread, which was live for about 10 days. Archives show the account was suspended right after that. Why am I bringing this up now? This is not over. We're going full circle. It'll come back around the second dose of their attempts to censor and shut off our First Amendment rights. It's even going to get broader and wider. Case in point. Google is looking at this podcast. They they put this show up after it ends at 11 a.m. Central Time. They put it up on their podcast site. You can go get it if you're, for instance, if you uh, if you use Google, you can go for it. Just go there and in your search bar, put in TNN Live, and put those in quotation marks. TNN Live. And the show will come up. They're talking about kicking it off. Why? COVID-19 vaccine disinformation. Why is it disinformation? (laughs) It's because it's against their narrative. Tucker Carlson, he got after it Monday about a 2021 email from a White House official that demanded Facebook censor him for pointing out some huge problems with the vaccines. It was never really a secret there were huge problems with it. This is Tucker. We knew this because the Biden administration's own VAERS adverse reaction database indicated that from the beginning, it was happening to a bunch of Americans. A lot of people were being injured. But the media suppressed that news. We tried to point it out more than a year ago, not because we have a problem with vaccines or, or we're anti-vaxxers, but because you, if you force people to take something, you probably ought to know what it is and what effects it might have. That's the most basic right of all, to know what goes into your body, to know something about it. But in trying to say that, we were censored, and now we know we were censored by the White House. Tucker then talked about the April 14, 2021 email from White House Director of Digital Strategy Rob Flaherty to an unidentified Facebook employee demanding the company censor Carlson's video about vaccines. Republican Attorney General of Louisiana, Jeff Landry, he's going to run for president. Everybody, excuse me, governor, everybody knows that. He posted the email on Twitter Two days ago, since we've been on the phone, the top post about vaccines today is Tucker Carlson saying they don't work. Yesterday, it was Tommy Lahren saying she won't take one. Flaherty wrote to the Facebook employee, according to the email obtained by Louisiana AG Jeff Landry. This is exactly why I want to know what reduction actually looks like. If reduction means 
pumping our most vaccine-hesitant audience with Tucker Carlson saying it doesn't work then, I'm not sure it's reduction. That's Flaherty again. He's continued to talk in a document released by Jeff Landry. In response, the unidentified Facebook employee told Flaherty they were running this down now, according to the document. So Landry filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration on May 5th, claiming the officials colluded with social media companies to suppress debate on the COVID-19 pandemic, the 2020 presidential election, and other issues. A federal court ordered the Biden administration to produce communications between administration officials and the tech companies back in July. We asked Rob Flaherty to join us and explain, but of course, he's a coward and he won't do that. So we only know this, by the way, because of a lawsuit by the attorneys general of Louisiana and Missouri, Tucker said. It's certainly a violation of First Amendment rights. No doubt about it. I thought we were finished (laughs) with the COVID-19 conversation. We're not finished, and we still don't know the facts. Well, let's move on. Hey, you know the name Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries, if you're a regular here, you know that I think he is the most dangerous person in the U.S. Congress. He is a Republican, excuse me, a Democrat. He's from New York. He happens to be now the Democrat Party minority leader in the House. He's kind of being introduced now. When we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to hear Hakeem Jeffries in a conversation with NBC's Chuck Todd. And I promise you don't want to miss it. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Ah, luxury. The aroma is full-bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine. And the drive? Yes, the drive of luxury is simply infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an Infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury, not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes, all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. Yo, some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo! But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Bye. 
five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense. In the clown car of the deep state, you will never find a greater den of scum and villainy. You need a hero. Here again, blaster in hand, is Dan Newman. And the blaster in hand in the United States House of Representatives is the current brand new minority leader, Democrat Party member, Hakeem Jeffries from New York. By the way, let me just point something out. You may not know this. Do you know he is an election denier at the highest level? He screams to this day. He screams about Trump being elected back in 2016. Wasn't legal. There was all kind of cheating going on. And those Russians, Vladimir Putin, they colluded. They got people in United States to change the election results. He still believes that. But if you're a Republican and you question any of the validity of the 2020 election, oh my gosh, you're absolutely evil. You have no tie to reality. And he calls every conservative, not just Republicans, but every conservative, MAGA Americans. MAGA. It's a new, I guess, nasty label that he decided to put on us. So what does he feel about what's happening in the House of Representatives? The fact that Kevin McCarthy was elected House Speaker and the rules and the other actions that have already been taken. He was on Meet the Press with that brain surgeon in the media, Chuck Todd, on Sunday. Let me start with your take on the concessions Kevin McCarthy made in order to gain the speakership. Um, What are the ones that concern you the most about the functionality of the House? Well, our general concern uh, is that the dysfunction that was historic that we saw this week uh, is not at an end. It's just the beginning. And while the Congress was held captive this particular time, uh, what is going to be a problem is if the American people will be held captive over the next two years. Okay. Dysfunction. The American people being held captive. Do you know what he's, he's referencing? The act of running a democracy. Dysfunction, in his mind, is anything that happens when somebody disagrees with me or some other Democrat. And, of course, the MAGA people, they're the ones that do it, dysfunction. What he's talking about is the election for House Speaker. It's fundamentally democratic to do that. The people's opinion, and, of course, any Democrat in leadership, they think democracy is dying when the American people and others that they work with, you know, the U.S. House of Representatives, there's 435 of them. He expects every person in the House to agree with exactly what he and his fellow Democrats think. And if you disagree, I mean, you're evil. To the extreme MAGA Republican agenda that apparently has been negotiated into the House rules and the functioning of the Congress. That's going to undermine the health, the safety, and the well-being of the American people. It may undermine national security and a robust defense. Listen to what he says. You heard him say it's, it's, the process is being interrupted. 
Listen to his allegations. And undermine our ability to actually advance an agenda that is anchored in kitchen table pocketbook issues and not extremism. Kitchen table kitchen table policies and conversations. What would that be? Things like going to the grocery store and being able to afford the food that's on the shelves. Uh, the food being on the shelves, which is the transportation issue that this administration has never resolved. What about the massive inflation? That's kitchen table conversation. That's what we need to deal with. And he just made the, the, the picture look like the Biden administration in the first two years with him as help in Congress, they've made everything great for the American people. And the extreme MAGA folks, they're going to turn it upside down. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in Washington, no matter when, when an institution gets weakened, even when the party changes hands, it's sometimes hard to re-strengthen that institution. Are you concerned that should you have the good fortune uh, of having uh, the ability to be speaker, that it's actually going to be hard to restore some of these powers? Restore things, which is what we want to do. What things do we want to restore? Well, we'll start with border security. We'll start with stopping the massive millions, not thousands, millions of illegal aliens that are flooding across our southern border, have flooded across our southern border, the massive numbers of human trafficking people that have been caught up in it, especially our kids. Very little of that existed during Trump's four years. Hakeem Jeffries and his fellow Democrats, they're okay with it. They're okay with it. Listen, I've said this on this show, and it is an allegation. It's an unsubstantiated allegation. But anytime you see a process playing out and it just doesn't seem right, you can always do this. And it doesn't matter if it's Republicans or Democrats or independents. You can always, I say always, almost always believe that anything that's going on is based on money. I, this is my allegation, I believe this administration in some way is receiving or will, promise of, maybe already, maybe offshore, is receiving remuneration, money, from these massive drug cartels. Why? We're doing the drug cartels work for them. We opened up, Joe did, and we gave them an open market to sell their horrible drugs, killing 100,000 Americans in one year just with fentanyl alone. Think about the other stuff. And then there's the human traffickers. Literally, we have people overseas that are selling people to horrible people here in the United States. They sell these boys and girls. They sell them to people. Who's running that? Joe Biden has been in Mexico City. He was for two days. They had a triad meeting. Him, the Mexican president, and Pierre Trudeau from Canada. And they talked about fixing everything. Who knows what the private conversations were about just what I told you. 
The president of Mexico is not in charge of Mexico. The drug cartels are. What they say, what they do, and what they want to do is the law of the land. That, my friends, is factual. And that's not normal. That's not what we need to go back to. We're there. What Republicans in the House need to do is get their noses to the ground and find ways to do exactly what Hakeem Jeffries suggested that they have to do, which is not true. Anything and everything Joe Biden has done, none of that will get us back to being very good as a nation, free as a nation. They're clamping down on everything, all of our freedoms, every chance they get. And they've taken over our economy and they're driving Americans to poverty because of massive inflation that they purposely instigated and they keep it going. No, what our concern right now is on getting things done for everyday Americans and tackling the business that is in front of us, making sure that we have a farm bill that makes sense for the American people, making sure that we actually can fund a government that invests uh, in economic opportunity, invests in the health and the public safety of the American people, making sure that we don't default on our debt for the first time in American history, making sure that we reauthorize important agencies like the FAA so we can strengthen air travel in in this country. This uh, is the agenda that we're going to focus on as Democrats, lower cost, better paying jobs, American uh, jobs that can be brought back to this country. And I'm very, very troubled uh, by the way in which the Congress has started. And hopefully that doesn't pretend what's to come. I hope it doesn't pretend what's to come. Myself, Mr. Jeffries, I hope they really go to war against the evil that has been implanted in the nation, almost every sector of our lives. You think about it. Tell me one where the Biden administration policies hasn't impacted. You can't think of one. There's not one. Listen closely. I've said this numerous times. Every day it becomes more and more evident. We're on a slide, and it's a slide down. And if we don't stop the sliding, if we don't take away the grease that's allowing us to slide, what would that be? The authoritarian policies of this administration, the philosophies that we're being told are normal. None of this is normal. It's not normal to open up your borders and let drug cartels flood your nation with drugs, with boys and girls, human trafficking. That's not normal. Is that a Democrat thing? Does Hakeem Jeffries, does he like it that way? He wants to perpetuate that. He wants us to keep giving money to Ukraine, much of which is being picked off before it gets there. Billions of dollars. And we gave a billion dollars this year to the FAA, by the way. He said he was scared that it was going to be not available to the FAA and money like that to other agencies. He's in another world, folks. Another one. He'll never let you fall to the lies. Your bulwark against the tide of fake news. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. What is Coca-Cola? 
Is it an excuse to get together? Since 1886, Coca-Cola has been passing on smiles from generation to generation. We've been giving kids scholarships, like the early birds and the all-nighters. And you get to enjoy what matters most. Coca-Cola. Drink up. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. Yeah, there's some good stuff going on. We don't talk about it enough. Advocates for school policies that are based today on gender identity faced a couple of real big legal setbacks in one week. Federal appeals and trial courts rejected the ACLU's challenges to sex-based restroom and sports competition policies in two different states. Just days after the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the Florida high school's requirement that students use the restroom for their sex, calling it an immutable characteristic under Title IX, U.S. District Judge Joseph Goodwin upheld West Virginia's Save Women's Sports Law. While some females may be able to outperform some males, it's generally accepted that on average, Males outperform females athletically because of inherent physical differences between the sexes. That's what the judge wrote. The transgender plaintiff acknowledged that circulating testosterone in males creates a biological difference in athletic performance, the opinion said. Goodwin cannot conclude the state's classification based on biological sex is not substantially related to its interest in providing equal athletic opportunities for females. The court and Goodwin's rulings are a reversal of fortunes for the ACLU, which recently convinced the Second Circuit Court to uphold Connecticut's transgender sports policy and blocked Idaho's pioneering Fairness in Women's Sports Act in court back in 2020. The Ninth Circuit heard mootness arguments in May of 21 based on plaintiff Lindsey Heacock's uncertain return to Boise State University, remanding the transgender competitor's challenge to Idaho law. But it's now considering another appeal. U.S. District Judge David Nye ruled last summer the case was not moot due to Heacock's spring 2022 return participation in women's club soccer, and intentions to try out for women's track and cross country. State bills that would enshrine sex-based eligibility for girls' school sports, often titled Save Women's Sports or Fairness in Women's Sports, have a mixed record, even in some conservative states. South Dakota Republican Christy Gnomes, governor, vetoed such a bill in spring of 21, but quickly reversed herself when she got all kind of blowback, 
signing a new bill later. We could go on and on and on. This stuff is going to stop. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. And the American people have got to do it. And we can do it. We've got to do it through our representatives that are supposed to represent us, but they really don't. This craziness about biological and surgery and hormone drug treatment and all those kind of things, in my opinion, it's destroying a generation of kids' confidence in just being that. Kids, who they are biologically, they're born that way. Years ago, we had a doctor, a doctor that deals with just the sex change horrors, how to deal with them in many ways. A psychologist who's also an MD. I think you get a good idea of what that would be, what that would look like. That person knows it from every angle, biologically and psychologically. And after she came on our show, she was pushed to the back by the far left, principally because we were the first place she went to talk about what I'm about to tell you. And that is, she said, sex is determined universally by one thing and one thing only. Hormone treatment doesn't change this thing. Surgery doesn't change this thing. Male, female. It's all determined by chromosomes. We all have chromosomes. And the chromosomes that I have in my body, you can't change them. That means if I'm born a male, I'll always be a male, even if I want to identify as a female and vice versa. Very few people want to talk about that. She did here. And she lost her job over it. That should demonstrate to everybody how insane these far-left woke policies are and how they're destroying the psyche of millions of young Americans who are hearing all this fodder. And if they don't do anything else but think, hmm, there may be something there. I need to go check it out. Let me just say this. You have your sex organs removed, manipulated. There's no going back. You're there. A couple of things I want to get to before we close. We're almost out of time. I want to talk about how the quote-unquote intelligence community is using liberal corporate media to police anybody that's conservative. Former left-wing street fighters, they're defecting to the populist right. That would be where I am. Corporate media is having a meltdown about it. Journalists like Glenn Greenwald, Matt Taibbi, they're reporting on the sinister going-ons of big tech and former Democrat politicians like Tulsi Gabbard are rubbing shoulders with Fox News host. Everybody's crossing lines. These commentators have never hesitated to criticize Democrats alongside Republicans, but now they pivoted to targeting liberals nearly exclusively. 
while they're forming ties with the authoritarian right. I would love for anybody to come on this show and tell me how conservatism is authoritarian. In a response to that piece I just read that line from, journalist Matt Taibbi points out that it's members of the intelligence community that are now employed as talking heads at the networks, now parroting the point that journalists like himself are funneling their audiences toward real authoritarianism. The right word to describe this brand of gall escapes me, Taibbi wrote. The nerve, the bottle, the damn cheek. While MSNBC went after Brennan, Figaluzzi, and Bash, CNN scooped up James Clapper, Michael Hayden, and Stephen Hall, among many others. The lists are so long, only an exceptionable mind could keep track of them. How many spooks fled to NBC? Greenwald had insinuated before that corporate media seems to prefer talking heads who parrot all the CIA talking points. And what better way to do so than to hire the CIA employees themselves? The more aggressively and recklessly you spread CIA narratives or pro-war manipulation, the more rewarded you'll be in that world, Greenwald said. No surprise that MSNBC's article took aim at Gabbard, who has criticized former CIA Director John Brennan and others, calling them domestic enemies who turn our country into a police state with KGB-style surveillance. Well, 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 what a day. What a midweek day. Thank you for being here today. Always, thank you for being here. And on the way out, I couldn't get away from that big yellow taxi. I love this song. Hey, there's so much going on. Don't you dare miss a show. We're back tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock right here at TNN Live. They paid paradise and put up a fucking line. With a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? They paid paradise and put up a fucking line. Took all the trees and put them in a tree museum And charged the people a dollar and a half to see them No, 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 don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got till it's gone You'd be in paradise and put up a fucking lie
night I heard the screen door swing And a big yellow taxi took my girl away Now don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got till it's gone To be in paradise, put up a fucking line And nah, nah, don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got till it's gone To be in paradise, put up a fucking line Why not they pay paradise to put up a parking lot Hey, 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 pay paradise and put up a parking lot 